and welcome to this episode of Unpacking the Case. Today, we will be doing a newsflash episode to discuss S. Francis and Cavendish Hotel and the recent decision that's come out of the county court. Hello, Richard. How are you doing? I'm okay, actually. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm very well. Um, so we are joining, uh, I'm joining you here today for a newsflash episode. Um, I believe there's been a new judgment come through on S. Francis and Cavendish Hotel. Now, I think I've heard that case before, haven't I? Yes, you will have done. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit more about the background of this, if that's okay? Yeah, you would have heard about it. I was actually talking about it when I was doing a 54 Landlord and Tenant Act uh, video conference uh, two months, three months ago. And uh, this is a different, this is the aftermath case that was uh, reported in Practical Law on June the 22nd, it's the 24th today. Um, the uh, the background uh, case involved a Supreme Court decision, incredibly important Supreme Court decision, uh, from December of 2018, which uh, reversed a High Court decision from uh, the previous year. And I'll tell you the facts of it. I'll give you a sort of, well, I've discussed it before, I'll tell you the, the sort of background detail and just uh, remind you of the, um, the 2018 decision, then we'll look at what happened a couple of days ago. Uh, S. Francis, uh, well, like all of central London, it's, uh, it's underletting, but they had uh, a couple of underleases of uh, a premises in German Street, uh, parallel to Piccadilly. It's actually 80 German Street, if you know the centre of London, um, on the corner of Duke Street. The, the premises they were renting out were um, a basement and, uh, and ground floor, uh, obviously a very, very expensive and exclusive part of the world and uh, they uh, they actually run an art gallery from these premises. S. Francis themselves are, are cloth makers, fine cloth and tapestry makers. It's where I always go for my fine tough cloth and tapestries but this is, uh, let's say this was an art gallery and Cavendish Hotel who are next door had uh, granted a series of 54 back protected leases to them and they've been there for about 27 years, these series of leases. Uh, the lease in question came to an end at the beginning of 2016, and the tenant uh, served a section 26 request requesting a new lease, which the landlord counter noticed and opposed on the ground uh, F, where you intend to demolish and reconstruct or carry out substantial works on the premises, necessitating the tenant's removal. Um, it actually settled a Thing that had been discussed over many years and landlords were wont to do on a regular basis. The landlord genuinely wanted to do work, but uh, it seems it was ex accepted in the lower court that the reason they wanted to do the work was to be rid of the tenant. And there was no, as the Supreme Court said, utility to it. There was no sort of financial betterment to doing this work. And they entered into an undertaking that uh, they, if they obtained possession, would uh, carry out £750,000 worth of work this, uh, on this premises, of, of works on this premises, but only uh, if the tenant didn't vacate of their own accord. So you're basically planning the works around being rid of your tenant and getting the premises back early. Um, they... High Court back in 2017 decided that that doesn't matter, there's nothing in the legislation that says you can't do that. It went straight to the Supreme Court uh, in late 2018, I say December 2018, and the Supreme Court decided there was a second test that's never been promulgated before, a sort of but-for test, 
uh, sort of Lord Sumption in the major judgment said it was a, a, an acid test. Um, that uh, if the property was already vacant, would you still be wanting to do the work? And the burden was upon the landlord to, to show that, and they couldn't. And that was the first case, extremely important, uh, from two and a half years ago now. Okay, so can you elaborate on the new case that's recently come through? Yeah, well, what then happened is the tenant was obviously entitled to a renewal of their lease under the 54 Act. Uh, and uh, there were a couple of issues in question to do with the rental. There were a few disputes about changing some of the terms of the, the lease, but they are neither here nor there. I do stress that this is only a county court decision. It's not a precedent, but uh, it's a sign of the times. Uh, the passing rent for this particular property, the current rental, uh, was £220,000 per annum, which is far from excessive in that part of the world. Um, but uh, since the, you know, the original lease came to an end, uh, a lot has happened in the world of property, not least of which this last year and a quarter, we've had a pandemic and non-essential retail closing down and the likes. It's uh, a good case for valuers. Um, a lot of it is you know, just dealing with various conflicting experts' opinions as to what the new rental should be post-COVID. Uh, and a lot of it's beyond my sort of domain. You know, I'm a lawyer, I'm not a valuer. Uh, but there's one for, you know, that the valuers could delve into on occasion. Um, the old rent was uh, £220,000 per annum. Uh, the judge decided that the new rent should be not just because of... Uh, pandemics but various other things besides there were there were or were to be 12 redundant premises in that little stretch of german street uh, and the new rent was set at 102,000 pounds per annum which is a huge huge difference obviously um they i say again i stress that that's not necessarily the case for the whole country but uh, it's probably a a sign of what sort of West Central London is getting up to at the moment, and a wonderful case for valuers, or not as the case may be, depends on who you're, you're representing. So that was the first part of it. They uh, dealt with and discussed you know, the sort of various implications of all these things. Uh, so in the future, subject to appeal, the new rent's going to be less than half the, uh, the original passing rent. Okay, so are there any other rental implications? Yeah, I mean, the other thing is uh, you may appreciate that uh, you can do, especially when there's been a long time period, you know, sort of between the end of the original lease, four and a half years with the going to the Supreme Court and, and such like, um, the, you can claim an interim rent. And since 2004, not originally, both landlords and tenants can claim an interim rent. Originally, it was just landlords, but tenants can claim an interim rent. Uh, for the time period between the end of, well, it depends on the circumstances, but it's usually from the time period from the end of the fixed term of the tenancy uh, to the new rent being settled. If the landlord is not opposing uh, a new lease, then the interim rent, uh, the presumption is that it's the same as the market rent unless the terms have substantially changed or rentals generally have substantially changed in the meantime. But if as here, the landlord was opposing a new lease, um, then it's on the same principles as it was prior to 2004 when it all changed, that you presume uh, a hypothetical yearly tenancy. And also there can be a cushioning effect to make sure that either landlord or tenant uh, 
don't sub, uh, suddenly have a huge increase or reduction in the rentals. Probably the major case uh, of that area was a case called Humber Oil Terminals and Associated British Ports in uh, 2012, which discussed it all. And uh, this case, they picked up on Humber Oil Terminals. And uh, the basic idea, again, is that you look at what the market rent is for this particular premises. You then see if there should be any cushioning effect because of changes to the market. And then you see what's fair and reasonable between landlord and tenant. It was accepted from uh, valuations and the likes that uh, the, the interim rent would be £140,650 um, with uh, a deduction because of you know, there being a hypothetical yearly tenancy and very little in the way of security. I mean, that's what cases have said in the past, you know, probably looking at a reduction of 10 to 20 percent. But they decided that such a reduction would be unfair to the landlord. And so the, the cushioning effect came into place and the final interim rent backdated to the beginning of 2016 would be 104. And the final interim rent backdated to 2016 would be 160,000 pounds. And are there any other similar cases to this or any similar issues? When I did a conference on June the 21st, the day this before this case, uh, unfortunately, the day before this case featured in the uh, PMPLC, uh, I was talking about a case called WH Smith's and Commerce Real Investment Gesellschaft, which was all about the, the, uh, the Westfield Centre in Shepherd's Bush in London, big, big shopping centre. And uh, not just because of COVID and the likes, uh, but other reasons besides in terms of the market and the likes. The original rent for this large uh, WH Smiths uh, was uh, £953,000 per annum from a rent review in, in 2013. Uh, the court accepted there should be various reductions, uh, deductions for various reasons, but uh, the lack of security, if you like, in the pandemic was certainly one of them that catered for about 20% of it. And uh, the new rent was not £953,000 per annum, but it was set at £404,666 per annum. Um, I did see that Hammersons, who are big uh, uh, you know, sort of landlords of shopping centres, including Brent Cross and Cabot Circus in Bristol and the Bowling, the Oracle in the Reading, are basically saying that they expect rentals and shopping centres. It depends on so many factors, and it's another good one for the values, but they're expecting them to drop by about 30%. So do bear in mind that the second S. Francis case is only county court. It isn't a precedent, and it does depend on its facts. And I think it's a good one for the lawyers going through lease renewals to think about, and it's a very good one for the valuers to, to think about. Perfect. Well, thank you, Richard. I think we'll leave it there. And um, I very much look forward to speaking to you next time in the next episode of Unpacking the Case. OK, well, thank you. Have a lovely afternoon. Speak oh, to you thank soon. You. Thank you to all of our listeners. You have been listening to Unpacking the Case, a podcast by David Jones Bold.